0: Uh, This one's going to be kind of interesting. I certainly got a couple things out of it as I was reading it. It was just kind of a different way of looking at things. But they're going to be talking about drivability diagnostics on a um, a gasoline direct injection type system. So again, uh, this is from a trade magazine, uh, Motor Age, and it's written by Brandon Steckler, who is a rather prolific uh, technical writer for those of us that read that kind of stuff otherwise you wouldn't have the slightest idea who he is so anyway (laughs) um as usual if you want to get a hold of me via email it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com and again i'm also on linkedin under brad's motorworks which is my shop name so um let's get started on this the four corners of gdi drivability Uh, This is an intro. With the abundance of scan tool info available, it's easy to let drivability analysis get overwhelming. Try systematically viewing the data in arranged groups and narrow the fault to only one of four areas. Okay. Although today's computerized fuel injection strategies still shoot for the same goals as the ones from years past, they go about reaching that goal and maintaining fuel control, especially in response to faults, is far different. If you aren't aware, I suggest you pay attention. When coupled with other newer technologies like turbo supercharging, Atkinson cycling, VVT, VVL, and DOD, the benefits of the GDI fuel injection system are tremendous. The ability to extract the energy output of a big 8-cylinder can now be accomplished with a small 6-cylinder and similarity from a 6-cylinder to a 4-cylinder engine. Moreover, they are far more fuel-efficient and emit far fewer contaminants from the exhaust stream. But that technology comes at a cost to technicians faced with drivability issues. The components used to monitor and control these systems are more complicated and require a slightly more involved analytical skill set. My good friend Kayla Moher of European Service Center in Houston, Texas, was faced with a 2014 BMW X6 with a double-overhead cam V8. This vehicle is turbocharged and includes two independent GDI fuel injection system, two MAF sensors, two camshaft driven high-pressure fuel pumps, and two separate fuel rails. The vehicle presented with a B0303 cylinder number 3 misfire and will set the DDC on above 4000 RPM. Initial Approach Using the Snap-on Scan Tool and the Snap-on Upload website ShopStream Connect, Caleb gathered some basic graphical drivability data at the time of the fault, which he collected for analysis. What can be seen is the primary WRAF sensor is reporting lambda at 1.36. The secondary, or post-cast HO2 sensor signal is not included in this capture, but is reporting below .074 volts. Both sensors tell the same story, and the engine is operating in a very lean state. Although a DTC for a cylinder specific misfire has flagged, we have to consider a globally lean condition to be the root cause. The next step is to determine why the engine is underfueled. Reviewing a different data set shows that the MAP sensor responsible for reporting engine load to the PCM for calculation of proper fuel delivery indicate an inability for the engine to pump air adequately. It should be clear that if the PCM sees a lack of incoming air, it would deliver less fuel, because the fuel isn't required. That begs the question, why is the engine failing to breathe correctly? Reviewing another set of data PIDs reveals that answer quite clearly. Paying mind to the engine RPM value, it continues to climb, indicating acceleration. However, the throttle position sensors show that the throttle is being commanded to close, even though the accelerator pedal is being depressed not displayed in the capture. The diagnostic path was chosen. Considering what was stated in the beginning, how GDI platforms respond differently to faults, we can see in the data above that the PCM responded to the lean condition by closing the throttle. This means the apparent breathability fault was simply an effect of the throttle blade being commanded closed. So the next question to be answered is, is why is the PCM delivering such a lean fuel charge? Caleb viewed a third set of data parameters. These were based less on breathability and more on fueling. The PIDs showed that under heavy acceleration, the fuel rail pressure began to drop. Although only one of the FRP PIDs is displayed in the capture, this occurred on both independent fuel rails, both banks of the engine. For clarity, I've compared fuel rail pressures to RPM and load. My goal in this data set is to see if the load dropped before the fuel pressure, cause or effect. It's clear that the rail pressure dropped first, meaning this fuel pressure drop did not occur in response to a change in measured absolute load. The data doesn't lie with all the information in front of us we were forced we were faced with deciding how to proceed. Here are some bullet points of what we know to be factual and will and I will ask all of you diligent readers for your input p three zero three P0303 is occurring and it's always under heavy load sustained load all four primary second exhaust gas sensor report lean condition for both banks during fault both fuel rail sensors report a loss over time leading up to the fault the apparent breathability issue is simply an effect of the adaptation to correct for a lean condition given this information what would your recommended do, what would you recommend doing next gather more information about the command rail pressure and low pressure fuel delivery system, replace intake low pressure and fuel supply pump, replace GDI fuel injectors or repa- replace both high pressure fuel pumps Okay. so this one <laughs> this is an article where he's actually uh, it's two part article and I didn't mention that in the beginning because frankly I didn't realize that's where we were going with this um, so stay tuned for the answer to that uh it'll be in in the next time I get a a uh, uh, the copy of this magazine, which will be a month later but in the meantime there'll be some other uh podcasts in between the two so I will uh have to reference this so he uh this is you know obviously set up to help die uh help technicians learn. Okay, he's giving a real world case, but he's he's giving the information they've gathered and based on that he's you know, he's asking the technician uh and they have to wait for the answer of what was the right thing to do. Uh but in the meantime it's allowing them to think about well what would I do if this car was in front of me? So it's the same process that any technician's gonna go through who's gonna try to diagnose this kind of a problem, is based on the res- of the results, what do I do next? Okay. And again, <coughs> excuse me. Um, this is something that comes from training, experience, knowledge of the systems. Okay, it's not just because you have a fault code, and uh, you know, based on that, here's what you do next. Um, there are certainly diagnostic trees that are designed, that are made by engineers, and they answer those questions for the technician. But frankly, some of those diagnostic trees can lead you off astray or, or it can take a lot longer to get to the final answer than what needs to be spent on it if you understand the system and where to go with it so anyway so this is a partial one and uh for those of you who understand what i was talking about and maybe even know the systems why you can come up with your own thought process and again i'll uh when I next time I read this magazine and it's going to be a number of uh, podcasts from now before because I've already scheduled other ones. So but we will get back to it and we'll see what happens. So hope you got something out of that. Maybe generate a little bit of cur- uh, curiosity and uh, appreciate you listening. Again, if you want to get a hold of me, it's BK podcast five at Gmail dot com uh, or I'm on uh, uh, Brad's Motorworks on LinkedIn. So check that stuff out there so appreciate you listening and i hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow thank you again thank you for listening to this episode it's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you i hope you found this of value please share it with family and friends above all else with all you're getting get understanding may god bless you and keep you and thank you again